Thank you for joining us for Breakthrough with Pastor Jason Stanford. Breakthrough is a place where you can find community, encounter Jesus, and discover purpose. Please take a moment to like and subscribe so you don't miss a single message. Let's go straight into the service recorded at Breakthrough Church in Cookville, Tennessee. Enjoy. Hallelujah. The 40th Psalm. Tonight I want to talk to you about a willing heart. A willing heart. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory be unto God. Glory be unto God. The Lord is good. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. The 40th Psalm, verses 1 through 8. Let's read this together here and then we'll take a moment here and just pray and just believe and trust the Lord uh, for His guidance and His help. Amen. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord. And he inclined to me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of the pit of destruction and out of the miry clay. And he set my feet upon a rock, making my footsteps firm. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and will trust in the Lord. How blessed is the man who has made the Lord his trust and has not turned to the proud nor to those who lapse into falsehood. Many, O Lord my God, are the wonders which you have done, and your thoughts toward us. There is none to compare with you. If I would declare and speak of them, they would be too numerous to count. Sacrifice and meal offering you have not desired. My ears have you have opened. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, Behold, I come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. Hallelujah. Glory to God. A willing heart. A willing heart. Let's pray. Father, we ask you tonight, Lord, help us. We want to have a willing heart before you. Lord, a heart of devotion a heart of admiration, glory to God, a heart of filled with a desire to follow you in every way that you lead. Lord, we bless you. We, we, we glorify you. Father, we come seeking grace in this moment. For the hearer, Lord, I pray their ears would be open, their spiritual eyes would see. I pray, Lord, as your servant, that you would enable me, empower me. You will come to my aid in this moment by your Holy Spirit to instruct and teach and inform in your word. And, Lord, let transformation happen deep within us tonight. Let your word called bondages to break over our lives. Lord, let your word transform our hearts. Let your word soften our hearts. Let your word mend and heal our hearts in Jesus' name. Lord, I am praying that for revelation to flow tonight, and I ask you to give me the divine utterance, Lord, that every word I speak, Lord, would build and strengthen and bring glory and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ, our King who is coming again for us, the one who came for us and is coming again. And Lord, we celebrate you and we honor you and we worship you now in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. It says in verse 8 there, I delight... To do your will, oh my God. Your law is within my heart. A willing heart. 
This is important for us. He, the psalmist here even says, he says, the, these burnt offerings, these sacrifices, these routines, it's not what you desire, it's not what you require. Lord, I delight to do your will, oh my God. Your law is with, he says, I delight to do your will. It isn't about ritual. It's not about routine. It's not because I have to. It's because I want to. And even, even, even we see in the prophets that uh, in Ezekiel that he even said, I'm gonna, God said, I'm going to put in my heart, I, I, I put in my people a heart, a desire to do things for me, to follow me, to obey me, to live for me, to serve for me. Hallelujah. Now, we all know the difference of doing something because you have to and doing something because you want to. We've all done that at some point in our lives. Mom and dad, a teacher, somebody in authority. You had to do something that you didn't want to do. You had to sit there and be quiet in class. You didn't want to sit there and be quiet in class. You know? But you had to do it. You had to go clean your room, and you didn't want to go clean your room. You know? And then you just, so you got mad in there and shut the door and huffed and puffed and cried and complained and then had an epiphany and decided to throw everything underneath the, underneath the bed. Amen? And then you got in trouble for that, for just, just thinking up and inventing a better way to do things. Just working smarter, not harder. Isn't that right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Glory be to God. Didn't say how it had to be done, right? Just it had to be done, right? Pick up your floor. Well, okay, I can get to that real easy. <laughs> but we've all been there where we obeyed something, but not from the heart. And here the psalmist says, I delight to do your will. I want to do your will. I take pleasure in doing your will. And it's important because, you know, the things that we want to do, we're more often to do than the things that we don't want to do. There are things that you might like to do around your house more than you like to do other things around your house, upkeep, things like that. You'll tend to do those things. But the things that you don't want to do, well, you know, there'll be a better day for that. I'll just wait for then. You know, and, you know, and so on and so forth. Why? Because that's just, that's just how it works, right? We don't really want to do that, right? But there might be some of the things that we have a pleasure in, enjoy in, and we're much more apt to do those things. And the psalmist here is showing us something about following the Lord, about obeying the Lord. How many know it's good for every one of us to obey God? Amen. We want to walk in obedience to Him. And it should be that we do that from a willing heart. Hallelujah. A willing heart. That's in, that matters to God. And here's the truth that the psalmist reveals to us here. And that's this, that pleasure in God leads to obedience unto God. That pleasure in God leads to obedience unto God. The word delight here means to desire or to be inclined favorably towards. To take pleasure in. To be pleased to do a thing or would to do a thing, you know. I delight, I desire to do your will. I, I take pleasure in doing your will. I'm inclined favorably to do your will. The psalmist is saying, this is my pleasure to follow you, to obey you, to serve you. It's my pleasure. In other words, my heart is in a place, it's what I want to do. 
It's what I long to do. It's not just something I have to do because I've always heard I have to do it. And here's this is what we got to do here and what we got to do there. And it's, it's about rules and rituals and principles. And, and, and listen, make no mistake about it. There are still principles in the Word of God. But these are things that we want to do. It's not religion and it's not rituals that we're obeying apart from our heart. We're just going through the motions and it's just routine. And it doesn't mean anything to us. And we don't even really know why we're doing it. We just do it. It's not really, it ceased to really be an act of worship to God. It's just we're on autopilot. It's just our custom. It's just what we do. We just, we throw a prayer here. And we can get, if we're not careful, very, very used to being in routine and an autopilot. We just, we just pray over our food because that's just what we do. And well, we just say a prayer in the morning. It's what we do. We just, we just read this in the Word because so it's what we do. So we just, we just try to get through this. And we just go to church because it's what we do. Or, you know, we just go to this Bible study because it's what we do. And it's all the these different kinds of things, but there's no heart behind it, no desire behind it. It's not an act of worship to God to do it. And we don't ever want to lose that sense that we are, we're doing things for the Lord from our hearts. And the psalmist says here that he takes pleasure. He says, I take pleasure. I want to do this. Your will, Lord. Oh, my God. Your law is within my heart. And sometimes in life, we might not feel like doing it in our flesh. Now, our spirits want to do it. Sometimes in, in life, some people say, well, I don't really feel like doing that. And that's, I said, that's the problem. <laughs> you can't let your body decide what you, your spirit needs to be doing. Amen? You can't, let, you can't let your physical flesh lead your spiritual life because it'll be pretty much nil and zero. Amen. If you don't feel like obeying God, that's not coming from your heart. Amen? It's been born again. It's saved. It delivers. It has a desire to serve God. That's your flesh trying to rain on its parade and restrict and restrain because it doesn't feel like it. But sometimes we have to tell who's boss. And we ever find ourselves in a moment because we can get like this in a moment. It can get hurried and it can get busy and there's all kinds of things taking place in our lives and we can get overwhelmed and it might be in a moment you need to remind yourself why we follow the Lord and why we take pleasure in Him. And the psalmist shows us here why he delights to do the will of God, why he delights in serving God, why he delights in obeying Him, why he delights in following Him, why he delights in worshiping Him. He said there in verse number 1, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined to me and heard my cry. He brought me out of the pit of destruction and out of the miry clay and he set my feet upon a rock, making my footsteps firm. What's he doing? He's reminiscing. He put a new song in my mouth, verse 3, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and trust in the Lord. What's he saying? The Lord was there for me. He was there for us. I inclined. I called to him. I waited on him. He inclined unto me. To hear me and to hear my cry. Friends, if you, ever, if you ever find yourself in a moment where it seems like it's troubling to serve God in your presence because in your present because it's difficult or it's it's hard to seem like to serve God out of pleasure, friends, take a moment and remember what God has done in your past. Remember that the God who has helped you in your past will help you in your future. What God has done in your past, and He will help you will help you to serve Him in your present, in the present. When you remember what God has done in your past, it will help you serve Him in your present. 
when you remember what God has done in your past moments, it will help you serve Him in your present moment. And that's what the psalmist is doing. Lord, I delight to serve you. It don't matter what I've come up against right here because I remember. I know what you've done for me. And so remember that thing. Stir up that. Delight in him because of what he has done for us. He said, he said here in verse 5, Many, O Lord my God, are the wonders which you have done and your thoughts towards us. There is none to compare with you. If I would declare and speak of them, there would be too numerous to count. What's he saying? Lord, I delight in you because of who you are. You are greater than all. You're, you're on the top of the tier. You're above all. You're in a category under yourself. Hallelujah. You sit on the throne, glory to God. You are victorious forever. There's no one greater than you. You're the creator of all the universe. Hallelujah. So, Lord, I delight in who you are. I take pleasure in serving you because I, I can serve you. and You allow me to serve you. and I'm in your kingdom, glory to God. Oh, hallelujah, glory to God. There's all these dead ends and empty things that we could be doing and empty things we could be serving. But, but you I have seen and you I have known. There's none to compare to. In other words, no, I can't take pleasure in anything greater than taking pleasure in you. You're the greatest source of joy that I can find because it'll never fade. Hallelujah. <laughs> I mean, there's no crash from serving God. People do all these kinds of different things in life and to get a hire, to get a rush, and to get a zeal and get a joy. And then in the aftermath, it's like, man, why did I do that? That's what I used to say when I'd go play basketball and I'd come back home. I'd go play basketball. We'd, we'd go on Saturday mornings. Some of the older crew would run the court to the Tennessee Tech Fitness Center. The graduates, years gone by, right, you know, and there wasn't so many young ones around there. And so we'd go out there and play, and, man, we'd play and play and play, and then I'd, I'd come home hobbling, you know. And Kim said, why, when are you going to stop doing that to yourself? <laughs> but I love basketball, you know. And I'd be like, I don't know, I just got to keep playing. I said, well, there was this young guy in there, and, you know, he was talking. And, you know, and all, you know the thing about it is, is your head still feels like you're 20. That's the problem, friends. And, and man, things would be swole, you know, swollen up. Man, all the kinds of a problem and hobbling around this and that. And I was having a lot of pleasure in the moment. But after that, it wasn't a lot of pleasure. <laughs> it was a lot of overcoming pain, you know what I'm saying? But when you and I serve God, everything that we do, any moment in His presence, listen, anything that we do for Him, any fellowship, any moment with Him, any service with Him, any gathering of believers, listen, there, there's nothing in the aftermath that is ever bad about that. Hallelujah. There's never a come down moment. There's never a remorseful moment. There's never, well, that was fun in the moment, but it didn't last, and now i got to pay for it, you know? No, 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 no. Listen, friends, it was good then, it's good then, and it's good forever. Hallelujah. Delight in him because of who he is. Leviticus chapter 26, verse 14 and 15 says this, But if you do not obey me and do not carry out all these commandments, if instead you reject my statutes, and if your soul abhors my ordinances, so as to not carry out all my commandments, and so break my covenant. Now he goes on to Talk about some things that are going to happen. Now, just to set the context here, he was just talking about the, 
the preceding verses that we didn't read are about the, the blessings from following the Lord and serving Him. And now he's transitioning and he's about to talk about things that will go, not go well with you if you don't serve God. In other words, you're going to try to live and operate outside of his covenant and his blessings and outside of his realm of what, where he's operating in. Then listen, these things are going to happen right here because this is the lane that I am. And this is a good lane to be in. But if you want to take your car and drive off onto that side of the road, then you can go take your car and you can go over there. But you don't like it over there. That's a ditch. It's not going anywhere good. You're not going to get in there and you're going to get stuck and you're not going to have like it. But if you'll stay right here, I promise, it's good. <laughs> but right here, he's, he's transitioning this. He says something very interesting. here. He says, if you reject my statutes and you, if you're what? Soul abhors my ordinances so as not to carry out all my commandments. Why don't you notice the way he phrases that in the order. If your soul, if the inside of you abhors, meaning you reject it or you cast it away or you loathe it, you detest it, you're against it, so as to not carry out all my commandments. If you reject or spurn my commandments, my statutes, and if your soul, what's he talking about here? He's talking about your attitude, your mindset, what's in your heart the way you view it. If your attitude is wrong about following me, you won't be able to carry out what I've called you to do. You won't be able to carry out what I've called you to, to live in and to walk out in. My soul what abhors my ordinances so as not to carry out all my commandments. Friends, our attitude towards God's Word affects our action concerning it. If we have a wrong attitude with it, listen, we're not going to want to do it. I delight to do your will. Friends, pleasure in God leads us to obedience unto God. We fail in our attitude towards God's word before we ever fail in our action concerning God's word. We fail in our attitude towards God's word before we ever fail in our actions concerning God's word. I mean, when you don't want to do something, you're a lot less likely to do it than if you do want to do something. That, we just know this. The same thing is true spiritually. And so when you and I don't have the right attitude, we don't have a willing heart, we're going to find serving God a lot more challenging. A lot, we're going to do it a lot less frequently in our lives. But we'll always fail in our attitude towards God's Word before we ever fail in our actions concerning God's Word. The psalmist is saying here, in Psalm 40, our main text, I delight to do your will. I take pleasure in it. In other words, it's showing the posture of, the, of our hearts. It's showing the posture that our hearts should be in. Lord, it's pleasure to serve you. This is what we take pleasure in. This is what we long to do. Lord, today I want to serve you. I want to serve your purposes. I want to serve your intentions. I want to do what you've called me to do. It's important that we have the right attitude toward God. And Luke, uh, let me see if we need to go. Hallelujah, glory be to God. No, no, I don't want to go too fast there. Proverbs chapter 5, Proverbs 5, verse number 1, it says this, My son, give attention to my wisdom. Incline your ear to my understanding. 
that you may observe discretion and your lips may reserve knowledge. And he goes on to give an example. And he talks several verses in about how someone got led astray into a relationship they shouldn't have been in. And it says down in verse 12, in Proverbs 5, 12, and, it, and you say, how I have hated instruction. And my heart, now what did it, what did it do? It spurned reproof. I have not listened to the voice of my teachers, nor inclined my ear to my instructors. Verse 14. I was almost in utter ruin in the midst of the assembly and the congregation. Why did that happen? Is it because God never helped him to know what he was supposed to do? No, it's because he wouldn't listen to it. He didn't have a willing heart to it. He spurned it. He rejected it. What, what happened? He failed in his attitude towards God's Word before he ever failed in his actions concerning God's Word. You see that? So it's important that we put our hearts in the right place, that we submit ourselves before Him. Now God's Word is good and right and holy, and how we view it is really important to what we do with it. It's like this. Do we see God's Word as a restriction or a safeguard? came to me one day. Do we see God's Word as a restriction or a safeguard? How you view it, because the Word is the same. Did you know the Word of God, I mean, it's exact. This is the Word. It's just the way it is. But I'm telling you, I've talked to, I, I have shared this Word with somebody before. I talked to people and dealt with people. Same Word, same Scripture, same verse. And I'm telling you, there have been those that saw it as a safeguard. Praise God. Okay, good. I, I don't want to do that. Uh, I mean, I've sat down before people and said to them, and they would ask you questions, can I do such and such a thing? Now, almost every time, without having a verse, they knew on the inside of them what the answer was. That, that's the truth. Every time. I said almost every time, but honestly, it was been every time. When they've asked me that question, they don't even have a verse for it. They don't even have a lot of understanding from the Bible. But they, when I would say something to them and give a verse, that's what I thought. That's what I thought on inside of me. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit was now living in them. And he, He'll show you what to do, even if you've not read what to do yet. I mean, He, he can tell you what to do. But then I've shared this exact same thing with other people before. Now, see, that person, they said, okay, that's what I thought. All right, that's what I need to do. I'm not going to, okay, praise the Lord. I'm not, I don't want to go that direction. I don't want to do that. Okay, great. Why did that person respond that way? Because they saw the word as a safeguard. Now, I've shared the exact same thing with someone else. Well, I remember another time. And they didn't want any part of it. They wanted to keep living their life. They didn't want to give it up. They, they knew to follow Jesus. They knew Jesus was real and right, but they did not want to submit their life to Him. They were refusing Him. They were just running the other direction because they didn't want to give their life what they were doing up. And they, they said as much. That's exactly what they said to me. I just can't give this up, what they were doing in their life. And they knew the Word was against it. And they knew they had to submit their entire life to God. Now, hold on. The Word that I was shared, the Word was the exact same. It didn't change. But one people, one person or some other groups of people that I've dealt with saw that as a safeguard to them. But this other particular person I'm mentioning right now in my mind, I'm thinking of long ago, and, and, and they saw it as a restriction. It's keeping me from doing what I want to do. Friends, I'll tell you what, the Word will keep you from some things, but it's things you don't want. 
Hallelujah. It'll bring you what you do want and keep you from what you don't want. But our attitude towards it, that affected whether or not a person carried it out right there. How they saw it. Luke chapter 18. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This is the story where the, the ruler, the, the rich young ruler, and he says to Jesus in Luke 18, 18, a ruler questioned him saying, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, then why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Verse 20, you know the commandments. And he went on to tell them each of these commandments. And he's not summarizing every commandment, but he knows what he's talking about. And this man's, he understands. And he says, I've done all these things. So he says, well, one thing you lack, you need to sell all that you possess and distribute it to the poor, and you shall have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Now verse 23, but when he heard these things, he became very sad. For he was extremely rich. And Jesus looked at him and said, How hard is it for those who are wealthy to enter the kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And they who heard it said, Then who can be saved? But he said, These things are impossible with people, are, are impossible with people, but are possible with God. Verse 28, But Peter said, Behold, we have left our own homes and followed you. And he said to them, Truly I say to you then, there is no one who has left house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God who will not receive many times as much at this time in the age to come eternal life. Matthew's rendition of that says, and even, even in the margin of the Bible will say that, that many times refers to earlier manuscripts would say a hundredfold there. Would receive a hundredfold. And this what? At this time, meaning on this earth. So what's this story about then? Is it about... It? So people read this story and get it all wrong. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about a story that people get all wrong. This is, this is one teaching of Jesus people get all wrong. And we could spend a whole night just talking about this right here. People think this whole thing is honestly about money and it's it, not really. <laughs> people think, let me say this, people think this thing's about wealth and it's not about wealth at all. It can't be about wealth. Because then if, if people use this saying wealth is bad, well, if wealth is bad, then why is Jesus giving you many more times than you gave up to follow him? That would make no sense, right? So that right there torpedoes all of that argument. He's about to give you more than you had before him. That's what he's trying to tell you. But why, why this was a problem to him was this. It had a hold of him. That's why when Jesus said this, see, Jesus knew what to say to him. He said, I kept all these things all, all my, to my youth. Okay, well then just one thing you lack. Get rid of it all and come after me and follow me. And this made him, what? Sad. He had a sad heart, a sad attitude, a sad response. Then Jesus decided to say a little bit more things about this. Why? He saw that he was sorrowful, one translation says. He was sorrowful about it. Why? Because that was what was number one in his life. That's what identified with his life. That's why Jesus went after that. You can insert whatever else you want to in there. Whatever, whatever stands between you and God, whatever will cause you to be sad to give up. Listen, as believers, we got to be willing to walk away from anything he tells us to walk away from. we got to be willing to submit to him in anything. Listen, if he tells us to sell something and we need to be able to sell it. If he tells us to give something away, we ought to be able to give it away. Whatever he says, why? Because he's Lord of everything. 
But there's a confidence on the back end here that if I'll serve him, glory to God, he'll add to me. Hallelujah. Many more times, a hundredfold in this time, right here on the earth and in the age to come. It's not just a heavenly blessing. Jesus said there's an earthly blessing from following me. That's why you've got to be careful. I don't want to go in a side tangent about what we say about what people get, get blessed with, have, whatever. You don't know what they've given up. You don't know what they've walked through. You don't know what they've done. You don't know what God, you don't know what act of obedience that they may have done in their life. To God's, you don't know, you don't know everything. You don't know. You don't know how many years have I been believing God for something. You don't know where they've been building up to something. You don't know what their faith believed for. You don't know this, you don't know that. You don't, amen. Amen, glory to God. Because Jesus said, if you follow me, this is what I'll do for you. But he hammered him, why? Because he was sad. And friends, we'll never follow Jesus if we think the pain of what we have to leave is greater than the gain of what we will receive. And this man's wrong attitude kept him from following Jesus and obeying His Word. Psalm 40, verse 8 says, I delight what? says to do your will. Take an action. Take an action. I delight to do your will. We're going to take action. Oh, well, hallelujah. Glory be to God. You know, it says in 1 John 3 that over and over in that little passage, it talks about practicing righteousness and practicing sin. And we want to be people who practice righteousness. Amen? I pray that with some frequency in my life. I pray, Lord, today I want to practice righteousness and not practice sin. Now, it's not because it's not like it's on my mind that I'm going to trip up all day. It's not, but I'm already setting a target myself. This is how I want to go today. Lord, I want to practice righteousness today in my life. And I don't want to practice this in my life. So help me, show me, reveal to me, teach me. Step right here along with me. Keep me from stepping in it where I don't need to, I don't want to make a mistake into some place. Lord, help me right here. That should be the posture and the position of our hearts. So why? Because pleasuring in God will lead us to obedience unto God. I delight what? To do your will, O Lord. And the psalmist said there, your, your will, your, your law is within my heart. Your law is within my heart. Now we would say it like this, your word is within my heart. Your word, God's word is in my heart. Lastly, a willing heart. If you want to Walk in a willing heart. What do we need to do? We need to fill our life. Whatever we fill our life with is what's going to flow out of our life. So we need to fill, fill our lives with what we want to flow out of our life. Fill your life with what you want to flow out of your life. And the psalmist says, I delight to do your will, O God. So what did he do? To take pleasure. He wanted to serve God. A pleasure. He delighted himself in God. His desire was serving him and in him. And what did he do to see that thing to fruition? He filled his life with what he wanted to flow, what, what he wanted to flow out of it. He said, I put your law, your words in my heart. Ah, so I'll know what to do. You can't do what you don't know what to do. And so he put the word in his life. Why do we go to school and why do you go to get educated in this particular field or that particular uh, field? Why? You're learning what to do. You're learning what to carry out. 
You're learning what to practice. You're learning what to do in this situation, that situation, and so on and so on. You're being trained. Why, why do you go to a continuing education class or a seminar? You're learning what to do now and the best practices here now and, and, and new information and education and studies and, and research and experiences and feedback and so on and so forth, right? We're learning what to do. And you must fill your life with God's Word if you want to flow out of your life. So he says, your law, your Word, what I have put out within my heart. Friends, we want to put the Word of God in our hearts. Yes. Why? So we can carry it out in our lives. Yes. If we want to have a willing heart, friends, we must take pleasure and delight in Him. For that will always lead to greater obedience in our lives. And we must fill our hearts with what? His Word. His Word, His Word, His Word. Why? So we'll know what to do. When this situation comes up, how we respond in this moment, how we need to do this over here, how do we need to carry ourselves in this manner, and so on and so forth. What are we doing? Lord, we're putting his word in our heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And even the psalmist said other times, Lord, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Glory to God. The word will restrain us. The word will help us. It'll shine a light for us. Amen. Hallelujah. Stand, with, stand up with me, if you will. Glory be to God. Thank you for joining us for today's message. Please take a moment to like, rate, and subscribe. This helps us reach more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and ensures you will never miss a message. For more information on Breakthrough Church, please check us out on Facebook or email us at info at findbreakthrough.com. Breakthrough is located at 480 Old Kentucky Road in Cookville, Tennessee, and we would love for you to join us in person. Services are at 8.30 and 10.30 on Sunday mornings and 6.30 Wednesday nights. We offer ministry for all ages and look forward to seeing you soon.